Petrangelo and Eichel play catch out high. Right wing shot, save, rebound, score! Stevenson, power play goals in consecutive games. Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Pass goes to Marcia Sill, behind and for Eichel. The left sidewall, up top Petrangelo, to the right, Theodore shoots, he scores! 41 seconds to go. Theodore scores his second of the period. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LBSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Ice technicians are on the surface preparing the frozen floor for the first encounter of the season at T-Mobile Arena, in which the Vegas Golden Knights open up the preseason schedule at home against the Los Angeles Kings. We will take you right up until the pregame show at 6 o'clock on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace here in Section 104. Some news and lineup information to come. We'll also reflect a little bit more on the preseason opener last night. But out of the gate, we should mention that there was a significant sighting today at City National Arena. Three sessions of players. There was the young kids that skated early this morning. Then there was the players that will play tonight in a traditional morning skate. And after that, the rest of the players in camp. Among them, Mark Stone was on the ice. Mark Stone looked different than we've seen him because Mark Stone was in a regular practice sweater. Gone is the non-contact red jersey. Mark Stone has been cleared for contact. So not only did he play and skate the first day of camp, Mm -hmm. which was in question, but followed up and skated on day two, hasn't missed any rotations. Today, he was cleared for contact. That is a big sigh of relief. That is the best possible scenario for the Vegas Golden Knights so far going through training camp. You wanted to see how Mark was going to be able to how the body was going to be able to hold up through the first couple of days of training camp. There were rigorous skates, and he was on the ice every single day, and he was working his way and working his way and working his way. The fact that as we go into week-ish number two, and he's out of that red no-contact jersey is a massive, massive boon for the Golden Knights. Not going to play tonight? Nope. Will Mark Stone? I don't know whether he'll be in the lineup Wednesday or Friday or next Tuesday when uh, the team is back here. It's a, it's a really busy week at T-Mobile Arena with four straight uh, home games. Yep. But uh, just seeing him out there in the regular uh, practice jersey on top of what what you mentioned, uh, that that's awesome stuff. So huge for the captain. Mark Stone on the ice. Uh, Get into what we expect tonight against the Los Angeles Kings, and it's expected that Logan Thompson will start in goal, splitting the duties with uh, Aiden Hill in the back half, the two goaltenders that we anticipate to be the front runners for the starting job this season, although Michael Hutchison did put up a uh, perfect performance in his half of the game last night. You will also see the debut of... Brendan Brisson in a Vegas Golden Knights uh, sweater in the preseason on a line with Jonathan Marcheseau and William Carlson. Mm -hmm. Uh, They uh, will skate uh, alongside Jack Eichel, Riley Smith, and Phil Kessel. So a whole lot to get into. And Paul Cotter Mm -hmm. will go for the second straight night after being 
the Golden Knights' best player in the preseason opener last night in the 3-1 loss in Denver. Yeah, so I'm intrigued, obviously, by Paul Cotter working himself into another game and really how he handles it, right? Because you're talking about a back-to-back situation. You're talking about travel yesterday to and from the game and also a challenge to go out and do it again. That's part of being a pro. That's part of being able to handle the rigors of an 82-game season. Can you continue to put the same type of performance night in and night out when things are going well and maybe when things aren't going your way? That, that's important for young players. Brisson, I, I, this is a great opportunity. You're, you're talking about you know, William Carlson and Jonathan Marshall, so two players who have great chemistry together and who traditionally over the, in preseason have done some phenomenal work in, in those moments where they've had it. Brendan Brisson's going to have every opportunity, I think, to succeed, and that starts with who he's playing with tonight. Let's hear from the rookie member of the Golden Knights, Brendan Brisson, on what he can expect playing with Carlson and Marcheseau. I mean, they're guys that, you know, they've played in the league for a long time, and they've played in Vegas since the start. So, uh, you know, utmost respect for them. And, uh, you know, they're, all, they're both skilled players. I can put the puck in the net, so I'm going to try to just give it to them as much as I can and, you know, play well defensively and, you know, get a bunch of scoring chances. So, yeah, I'm excited. There's that idea of just getting the puck to them. Yeah. Now, he, he can pass the puck. He, he, he likes to do that. But he's, he's a shooter, too, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and loves scoring goals and can score goals. Sometimes when I hear that, I worry that he's going to default playing with two veterans. Yeah. I asked Jonathan Marcheseau after talking to Brendan Brisson and said, how do you protect a kid from just looking for you guys? Mm-hmm. And he said, I'm going to talk to him. I absolutely admitted that he will spend some time with him tonight before the game and tell him, you are here because you score goals. Mm -hmm. There's that old speech that coaches will tell players. Hey, take care of your own end, be responsible defensively, and then capitalize on opportunities when you can get them. And and Marceau and I were going back and forth going, is is that really the best thing for Brandon Brisson? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, to be responsible, but there's also what Marceau told me was he's here because he can score goals. Yeah. Do not pass up that opportunity or be uh, less aggressive when it comes to scoring goals. Do that, sure, and and that gets the coach's attention. We know that Bruce Cassidy is aware of Brisson. Here's what Butch had to say regarding the freshman. I'm going to compliment those guys. I mean. Uh you know, he's a guy that when he gets the puck, he knows what to do with it in terms of in the ozone. So find your space there. Both those guys can make plays. Uh, win your puck battles to help in the ozone when it's not a rush chance. Keep pucks alive. That'll be the big challenge for, you know, for Bren is, is, is second effort on pucks and, and separating from D-man that, you know, you go up against a Braden McNabb, for example, you know, you're going to have to get out of there in a hurry because once he gets into you, that's it. So he's going to have to learn that part of the game. So you get some second-chance offensive opportunities, right? He wants to get a shot off power play rush. Yes, you know, he's been good at that. Um, and that's the area we're going to look for to see if he can survive in those situations. Play away from the puck, that's on us, right, to, to make sure we coach him up. We know that there'll be hiccups, but those are some of the areas that we want to see him complement, you know, the, those two guys. You know what he didn't hear there was responsible defensively, da 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 It was... Can he win pucks back yeah. in the offensive zone yeah. and keep plays alive? I love hearing all of that from both 
my conversation with Jonathan Marchessault and the follow-up with Bruce Cassidy. So the the interesting thing to me about Brisson's initial comments is I I took it in in a different direction maybe than you did. It almost felt like Brendan was saying the things that you expect or want your coach to 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 see in your game, but then the end, get a bunch of scoring chances. Because to a guy like Brendan Brisson, you give him a couple of scoring chances, you give him two, three, four in a game, he's going to bury him. And I think that there was kind of the duality of, I know that I believe there are certain things I have to do in order to stick. There are certain things I have to do and have in my game, but also I know what I'm here to do as well. So I, I'm hopeful that we get that Brendan Brisson on the ice tonight. The one that does not pass up opportunities, the one that is confident in what he does best, and that's put the puck in the back of the net. Point well made. So I followed up with Brendan mm -hmm. on guarding against defaulting, giving up the puck to Marcheseau and Carlson. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, I mean, I feel like they're, you know, they're not going to look at me and not pass because you know, I have no NHL games or anything, but... Uh, yeah, I feel like just kind of keeping it, taking it slow and just not panicking. And, you know, uh, when I have the puck, like, I'm confident in making plays. So uh, just because, you know, they've been in the league for a long time doesn't mean I, I can't make a play either. So uh, I'm looking forward to playing with two great players. That's a great answer. And uh, looking forward to playing with two great players. Mm -hmm. Marsh, so he was, we were joking around about it. And he said, <laughs> I wish I would have got this chance when I was 20. Yeah to play yeah. with a couple of veteran players on, on the team. He said, I, I had to wait five, six years to, to get this type of opportunity. It's yeah. awesome. He's earned it. Yeah. He's great. But what a setup tonight for Brendan Brisson to play with William Carlson and Jonathan Marchessault. Yeah, it's, it, again, kind of a perfect situation, I, I would argue, for Brendan Brisson. He's, the, he's a high IQ offensive player that if you find him in the right spots, has an ability to just show out and put the puck in the back of the net. So, you know, again, you're, you're looking at a lot of different things. Can Brisson find those pockets against NHL competition? Can he make plays? Can he do the things that Bruce Cassidy really wants him to do against NHL competition? And then maybe there is some chemistry with a William Carlson because if, if the lines stick where they are, and the centers and the assignments stick where they are. If Brendan Brisson develops some chemistry with William Carlson, a third-line opportunity there could present itself. Mm. And if it does, and if you've got chemistry, and if you believe it's something that's better than what you have, the Golden Knights have the ability to go down that road. Two shooters on that line tonight, yeah. Marshall and Brisson. I, I That'll be fun. I think Jonathan Marcheseau is going to relish the opportunity of feeding apples tonight. The uh, the idea that Brisson makes his debut tonight also coincides with uh, with a couple of his former teammates uh, at Michigan. Uh, Beneers was going to make his uh, debut. Mm -hmm. They were FaceTiming earlier today, talking about it. Uh, and uh, uh, Beneers is going to play uh, Connor McDavid tonight. <laughs> so <laughs> he's like, uh, Giddy uh, up. or the Edmonton Oilers. I don't know whether Connor's going to be in the lineup, but he's sure. playing. The, he's playing the Oilers. Uh, Owen Power. Uh, he's he shared some uh, some conversations uh, with him. Uh, throughout this training camp, so he's bouncing to some stuff off there. Mm -hmm. And tonight he goes against the L.A. Kings, which just happened to be the team that he grew up watching mm -hmm. in Southern California. Yep. His dad, the high-profile agent, uh, represents uh, uh, some guys on the Los Angeles Kings uh, as well as the Golden Knights. But, uh, but Brendan admitted 
that he's very familiar with a lot of these players uh, on the L.A. Kings, including Anzi Kopitar. And I asked him, so you gonna, are you going to chirp him? <laughs> Here's a Brennan. Yeah, it's actually funny. Like, that we're playing the Kings. I don't know who's playing or not, but uh, Kopitar was always around growing up, and, like, I always looked up to him as a player. And uh, I actually skate. You know, I'm, I'm from California, so I skate with, you know, some of those Kings guys in the summer, which will be kind of cool to be on the same ice as them in a different jersey. Uh, going to give it to them a little bit. But, uh, yeah, definitely Kopitar. He's the guy, you know, Stanley Cup champion, bringing a cup to California or L.A., was uh, really special as a kid, just, you know, seeing him raise the cup. You chirping a little bit? <laughs> uh, I don't know. He's pretty intimidating. He's a big guy, <laughs> but uh, maybe a little bit, yeah. He'll chirp you... me for sure. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's awesome that they've got that relationship and, and, and that uh, Kopitar is, is going to give him a little bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm and not. Kopitar is supposed to play tonight. I'm not chirping on Jay Kopitar. Um, it, intimidating is a word I would use. That's that's well said from Brendan Brisson. But, uh, I mean, listen, you you, you gain all that confidence by, by practicing in the summer with guys in the NHL. And Brendan Brisson, uh, and I think you've made the point a couple of times, because of his dad and because of the, the higher-profile athletes that, that he's been around his whole life, I don't think this moment, this, this opportunity is going to be too big for Brendan Brisson because it, it really is just a, a, another extension of, of kind of what his summers are mm-hmm. like and what his training has been like to this point. I, I think that for some other players, it, it might sink in a little bit differently. I think for Brisson, he's ready for it. Yeah. That's why I don't think we'll see the defaulting yeah. to give up the puck yeah. to Carlson and Marcheseau because he's skated with. Sydney. He yeah. skated with Kopitar. Hmm. He skated with guys uh, on an equal level mm-hmm. of, of uh, Carlson and Marcia. So, so we'll see what uh, what happens on that front. The top line is going to be fun to watch. Yep. Uh, every time that we see Phil Kessel out there with Jack Eichel and Riley Smith, I asked Jack Eichel, who's the shooter mm-hmm. on that? Usually like, there's a playmaker, there's a hybrid, and there's a passer sure. on, on the line. That's kind of how you... you Put them together. It doesn't always work that way, but or, or a speed guy. I said, who's who's the shooter on that top line? His answer was, well, Phil's got four hundred, three ninety nine, <laughs> so he's a pretty good good one. Uh, Jack said that he scored more goals than assists last year, so he can score goals. Mm-hmm. And Riley Smith has a great release and a great shot, so they can all score. And you break it down that way. Mm-hmm. It's it's really interesting. I think Riley Smith, if that's a line, he can set a career high for goals this year. 30s is career high. Sure. Uh, Phil scored nine last year. He's going to blow by that, certainly. Yeah. And we have talked at length how we'd like to see Jack Eichel shoot more. Mm-hmm. He's a natural passer. He does like to dish. But he he did shoot more last year and did score more than he than he set it uh, sent they set up so i i think this could be a really fascinating line of three guys who have natural god-given ability to put the puck in the net i, I think you can make the argument they're all hybrids right they're all they're all a, a degree of playmaking and putting the puck in the back of the net they've all got that knack and ability so I don't know that there's ever going to be one shooter if that's the trio that stays together for the Golden Knights. I think that there might be some some nights where Jack's feeling it and he's the one that's putting the puck in the back of the net. Just as I think there could be nights where it's Phil 
or Riley. It's all going to be a matter of how do they maximize their scoring chances when they get them and how do they kind of allow those plays to develop and defaulting, right? That's going to be a big one. If you're, if you're Riley Smith and Phil Kessel and Jack Eichel, you don't want to pass anything up for the sake of passing it up for the sake of defaulting. You want to just go out and the plays that present, present themselves and the guys that have the opportunity to finish them off, they've got to take them. There's two things that I could see happen. One, like anytime anybody gets the puck, they're shooting it. The other one is I could see it happening where Smith passes to Eichel. He passes up a wide-open shot mm-hmm. to pass it to Kessel, mm-hmm. who has a wide-open net, who passes it back to Riley Smith. Like the, 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 It happens all the I could totally <laughs> see that happening yeah. where they just throw it around like crazy and nobody shoots. Mm-hmm. I, I don't feel like that's going to be a thing that happens. I, I, I just get the sense that if the three of them work together, they're going to set up a play that can score. And whether or not it happens off the stick of Jack, off of Riley, or off of Phil, I think they're looking for the play that puts the puck in the back of the net. That's that's how I view it. Now, will there be moments where they're overpassing? Totally. Sure. Yeah. Are there going to be moments where if they are overpassing, they try to simplify, and every single puck that gets over the blue line goes into the goalie's chest? Probably. But I think more often than not, they're going to be looking for the play that winds up with a goal. Uh until they get really into it, I see more likely to overpassing mm-hmm. than I do just firing pucks. But uh, I'm, I'm fascinated by this threesome mm-hmm. to see them go to work tonight yeah. and watch Phil and Jack together and the, the hybrid of uh, Riley Smith. Now, yeah. on the power plays, the way things have worked out, the way the units are with the 12 that we sort of uh, see as the top four lines, the misfits would be on that second unit. Mm-hmm. So while they're not playing together on any of the lines, they're all split up on that number two power play unit, there's a great chance that we're going to see the misfits together. And I think that that works on a lot of different levels. One, it allows you to kind of load up your top unit, but then you've got the chemistry of the misfits on that second unit that because of their work rate, because of how how much they, they kind of feed off of each other, especially down low in the offensive zone. Uh, you get tired penalty killers or that secondary set of penalty killers, it can really open up some time and space for those guys. That's Bruce Cusick uh, doing his warm-up. Yeah. You, you're you not late for the game. No. Uh, he's just going through it. I'm not sure why he feels the need to do this, but uh, over and over and over again, it's like he knows that we're going to be on the air and he's going to do the NB power play. Or the introduction at nighttime, this, and he just he wants to be on the air. He's, he's you, got this. Are you sour right now? Well, I'm going to give him a shout. Just say uh, we'll uh, we'll let you know when we're off the air, and uh, and you can do your rehearsal. So uh, I almost didn't make the show today. Really? Uh, well, you were here. You you know this. Uh, oh oh uh, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I I, I, I had an true. accident. The, the the chairs that we use at our radio location for the VGK Insider Show at Section I'm, 104. I'm surprised you're are, putting this out there. Oh, yeah, I have no problem with, the, yeah, with this. It's right. it's fun to laugh at yourself. And this has happened before to me here. <laughs> but I'm not used to these chairs. The chairs that we sit on are folding chairs. They are. And when you stand up uh-huh. from the chair, they fold back up. Yep. They don't they don't they don't stay down. So I put my computer down, and I got all the things, and I sat down. And then I got up and, and moved a cable, went to sit, sit back down. The 
the seat of the chair was gone. Mm-hmm. It was folded up, and I ended f- falling back on the chair. It fell over. Mm-hmm. I was on my butt. You guys are looking at me, wondering if I'm okay. Yeah. And I'm sprawled all over the, the mm-hmm. floor. Yeah. Not a great way to open up a show. Well, if that's the worst thing that happens tonight, then I think you'll take it, right? Yeah. I. Uh... The, the worst part about it. It kind of sets the tone for the night. Uh, don't, don't let it. Don't let it. Like, don't feed into the ghosts or whatever supernatural thing you want to say forced you to, to fall back in your chair. The worst part about it, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening, is that Darren fell for about five minutes. Like, it wasn't an instantaneous thing where you well, fell I th- backwards. I, I thought I could save it. No, I know. You tried really, really hard yeah. to save it. And you fought valiantly for about four and a half minutes. And then... I was reaching for the for the bottom mm-hmm. of the chair, thinking yep. it was going to be there. Yep. I, I really had no chance. Yeah, no, it, it was it was close, but no cigar for you. But neither one of you guys reached for me. Well, I didn't That's really. the part that, that bothered me, is nobody reached for me. Nobody... Uh, Tried to save it at any yeah, point well, or, or, or break my fall. That's when things Nothing. that's when things go haywire for, for, for me or for Jed. Uh, when we try to save you from an unsavable situation, you just bring everybody down with you. And, and and like to be completely honest with you, I was focused in on prepping and doing my show and all that and show notes and everything that I I didn't really notice until you were down on the ground. I mean, I know that you were falling for a long you time, but were, I didn't really notice be- until you, you were, were on the selfish ground. selfish and self-absorbed. We helped you up. What are you talking about? Well, did you, did you, you we, we offered to help, help you help up. up. No, nobody helped me up. Oh, okay. I rolled over and did it myself. I didn't even we, to we were hoping my you, chair. We were hoping you didn't notice. Oh, unbelievable. Uh, we've got the, the VGK against the LA Kings tonight. 7 o'clock face-off at T-Mobile Arena, your pregame show coming up at 6 o'clock, uh, so at the top of the hour. Looking forward to it, the home opener of the preseason, and it's going to start a very busy week here at T-Mobile Games on Wednesday, Friday, and then next Tuesday. We'll uh, bring you up to date on some last-minute lineup changes, if there are any, in the next little bit, but we'll change our focus to the National Hockey League league-wide as we bring you one-timers. News and notes from around the National Hockey League up next on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insiders Show. Start of four games uh, in a row at T-Mobile Arena in this National Hockey League preseason. The Vegas Golden Knights launch the home schedule against the Los Angeles Kings tonight. And Wednesday we have a game, and then Friday they're at home to the San Jose Sharks. We have a four-pack of tickets to give away. So if you want those tickets, be caller number seven. I was going to go with one. No, we're going to do seven. Really? I was trying to get it's Mike not, these tickets. It's not time for the experiment. Caller number Take seven. To get Mike the tickets and give him a four-pack. Okay, caller number seven. Uh, give us a call. 876-1340. 876-1340. Throw a 702 in the front of that and be caller number seven. And we will give you a four-pack of tickets to see the Vegas Golden Knights and the San Jose Sharks on Friday. Say hi to Chapman as well as he answers the phone. Uh, news and notes from around the National Hockey League with one-timers. Uh, Andrew Majapani, full participant in practice for the Calgary Flames. Uh, he missed the first four days of camp with a lower body injury. He skated on a line with Nazem Kadri, Mejapani, and Kadri. That 
could be a pretty good line. Measure Panic, all he does is put the puck in the net. Yeah, yeah, and Nazem Kadri is uh, one of those center icemen that can kind of do everything. He can score, he can set you up. He's got a ton of confidence in his game after a phenomenal year last year and winning the Stanley Cup. So, Kadri, Manjapani, should be fun. Daryl Sutter is the man that put them together. There's uh, some speculation that the head coach of the Calgary Flames has engaged in contract talks with the Flames. Uh, this is the third and final year of uh, his deal uh, as he rejoined the Calgary Flames. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if it's just a one-year extension and they kind of take it year by year. He and Brad Trey Living, uh, the general manager there, have a, an amazing relationship. Uh, we're talking about uh, injuries. Brock Besser of the Vancouver Canucks has a broken hand. Uh, he's going to be out for a couple of weeks. That's an auspicious start. Yeah, not ideal for Brock Besser or for the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, you you, know, you want to talk about a, a player that can score goals? Brock Besser fits into that mold. I was really excited to see what Besser, a full camp, and Bruce Boudreaux were, were able to put on the table for Vancouver. But, you know, by and large, it... It's unfortunate for Brock Besser, but it's a good thing for other teams in the Pacific Division because you talk about a guy that can score for Vancouver, it's certainly Besser at the top of that list for me. If he misses a little bit of time in the regular season. That's not a bad thing for everyone else. Had surgery on it. Uh, he'll miss three to four weeks, so you do the math. You're two and a half weeks out from the start of the season. He's at least uh, a week and a half uh, that he'll miss if things go swimmingly. He's got the brand-new contract. Uh, three years, $20 million this year. Connor Geeky, uh, he was one of those three first-round picks of the Arizona Coyotes, 11th overall. He's been sent back to Winnipeg of the Western Hockey League. Uh, a lot of talk right now about the, and this is uh, sort of fits in with the decision by the Canadian government. All COVID restrictions, travel restrictions have been lifted. Yeah. So you can, you don't have to, if you're not vaccinated, uh, you, you don't have to stay at home anymore. You can travel across the border. So uh, Detroit was one of those teams that was impacted last year by that with Tyler Bertuzzi. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of buzz right now about the Detroit Red Wings potentially being this year's biggest mover going forward because of some of their free agent signings. They expect their goaltending to be better. A new head coach in Derek Lalonde and the kids having another year. Yeah, the Red Wings are an interesting team to me because I, I feel like when it clicks, it's going to catch some people by surprise. I like what Steve Eiserman's done in terms of constructing this team. I, I love the young players that the Red Wings have. The question becomes, is it linear in terms of their development at the NHL level? Is Moritz Sider going to be better this year than he was last year? Same thing with Lucas Raymond. Are you going to get better season from young players that are going through this for the first, second, or second time at the NHL level? I'm not willing to say that it's going to be a linear path to progression for those kids, but if it does and the free agents bringing in a guy like David Perron who's one who is just a pain in the butt to play against on a nightly basis, I think that the recipe is there for, the, for them to be certainly better, more competitive than they were last year. Not ready to say playoffs or anything like that, but when it clicks, I think it might catch some people by surprise. Who makes the biggest improvement in the number of points from last year? 
not talking finishing higher in the standings, but just adds to their point total over a year ago. Is it Buffalo or is it Detroit? Or I'll throw I, Ottawa. I, I, I'm more inclined to lean with the inclusion of Ottawa. I'm more inclined to lean Ottawa. Just because I, I like their team more than I do, say, Detroit. I, I like their team more than I do the Buffalo. Um, as much as it always pains me to do this, I can't pick Buffalo in any good conscience because even when things seem like they make sense for the Sabres, it doesn't work out. So I'll go Ottawa, Detroit, Buffalo in that situation. Yeah, I'm going to go Detroit, Ottawa, and Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, I knew you weren't going to go Buffalo. Yeah, it's just uh, I, I like what they're doing there. Some of the stuff it's just some of the decisions, too. Like Tate Thompson, is that, he gonna have another year like that? I, I, it, I it'd be I extraordinary don't think so. if he does. Good on him. Yeah, that, that's that's great. Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning have postponed a couple of exhibition games, preseason games, because of Hurricane Ian. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've all learned our lesson uh, from hurricanes, and just uh, take your uh, opportunity to be safe and be secure. So uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning will miss a couple of games uh, due to the storm that's coming up the East Coast. They didn't get anything from Fiona. Mm. It's kind of weird that it just went straight up the Atlantic yeah. and then uh, bashed uh, the Canadian East Coast. Um, I want to talk about uh, fantasy hockey. Okay. Are you a big fantasy hockey person? I am not. And, and not because I don't care. I don't think I could ever keep up with a fantasy hockey team. Fantasy hockey is the hardest uh, yeah. of all the fantasy sports. Well, baseball. Uh, baseball. If you're in a roto league or baseball league, all the power to you. I could never do that. That does not seem like anything I'd ever want to do. But And I've never really heard of it in basketball, to be yeah. quite honest. Uh, and hockey, there's just so much happening. And when I was in those, I would always forget to put in my lineup uh, – uh, every week. That'd be me. Uh, uh, the uh, the race for MVP this year is as wide open as I've ever seen it, and that's fantasy. Who you would take with the first overall pick? Ooh. Um, I should say Connor McDavid, but I'm not. I'm going to say Austin Matthews. Matthews? I, I value goal scoring, and I I don't know like as far as fantasy hockey, if I would imagine goals are worth more than just assists and points. So um, maybe they're not, but I, I I'd go I'd go Austin Matthews. I, I I love the flash and the flair, and I know that it's not like necessarily something that's going to transfer over to fantasy hockey. But the the defensive numbers for Austin Matthews are better than they are for Connor McDavid too. I, I, I'd go Matthews. All right, so McDavid. Yes or no, would you be surprised if he won the scoring title? No, I think he will. Okay. Yeah. Uh, dry Saddle, would you be, you'd be surprised if he won the scoring title? Ye- surprised? No. I would well, be. I, I, if Connor McDavid exists. I, I think that the, if, if Connor plays the way that he should at an MVP level, right. then it should be absolutely a surprise that Leon Dreisaitl wins the scoring See, I don't think I would not be surprised if Leon Dreisaitl at the end of the year was the uh, scoring leader. Would I be surprised if Austin Matthews ended up as the scoring leader mm-hmm. at the end of the year? No, because yeah. it could certainly it could certainly happen. Yeah. Nikita Kucherov. Could Nikita Kucherov 
be the scoring. Would, yeah, would it, it su- it's, shock you if at the end of the year Nikita Kucherov was the scoring title? No. I, I get your point. No, it wouldn't shock me. Jonathan Huberto? Yes. Outside chance, but I maybe. No. I, I'm, I'm Jack I am Eichel. very confident Jonathan Huberto is not going to win the scoring title. Matthew Kachuk? Probably not. Probably not, but 100-point guy. Yeah, I I think those other guys are in a class of their own. Really, I, I, like Dreisaitl, McDavid, Kucherov, Matthews are in the next stratosphere. So if I gave you the field versus them, who yeah. would you take? In in oh. McDavid, Dreisaitl, Matthews, and Kucherov. Oh, I take those four. Yeah? Yeah, I take those four. Kind of odds. You come up with the bet. You figure it out, I'll take those four. Because I think there's something there that it's that across the board. Yeah. Wide open. Favorite? McDavid. Yes, absolutely. You Don't, you th- don't argue against that. Uh, you look at those, at those four names and you think that there's a better chance for the field? Out, like... Injury, of course, is the great equally like is the great equalizer. Yeah, but yeah. I, I think those four guys are the top of the top for the next five years. Mm-hmm. Like I, you could give me those four versus the field every year for the next five years. I'm taking those four. What do you think of the strong talk from uh, the Dallas Stars owner regarding Jason Robertson? Not, uh, not, not real pleased that it's gone this far, and sounds like. Maybe the the line has been not just drawn in the sand, mm-hmm. but etched in the pavement regarding Jason Robertson wants to play, yeah, play, but I need to see more than one year of this type of production. I mean, you're talking about a 41 goal scorer on a team that needs goal scoring, and you've got a brand new coach in Pete DeBoer that can, I believe, take him to another level, and you're missing time here. I get it that owners want tidy contracts, especially for guys coming off of an entry-level deal. But this is the same owner that's paying Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan at least double what they should be making at this point. And I know that's what the contracts were at the time that they signed them, but why do you want to, like, why are you upset or drawing a line paying a guy who's young, who has the upside, and whose contract you can sign at $7.5, million is going to have equal or better value if Jason Robertson turns into the player you expect him to be? That I don't really get. Wow. Do you want to overpay him when he's 30 years old, which has been the status for the Dallas Stars the last couple of, of years? I don't operate that. Like, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't rather do that. I... I get being upset that you're in this position, but I don't blame the player for wanting to get what's fair. The issue is there's no rights for arbitration. Traditionally, this has been a bridge contract. Uh, it's got away with that with with the Jack Hughes deal. Uh, sure. So and and there's been other long-term deals that uh, that have kind of got us by by surprise. Uh, I, I don't mind the owner taking that stance with a high-profile player. You, we're not talking being 
grossly underpaid and it's being a short deal, but you don't have to give the max for eight years right out of the gate on your second contract. I don't I don't believe you like if I'm Jason Robertson, I don't want a termed contract. I don't want eight years. You don't? I, I don't know. I I first of all, if I'm Jason Robertson and I have that talent, I believe in myself. Second of all, I want to maximize my earning potential. I am in no way, shape, or form concerned about betting on myself because I know that I'm going to perform. I would welcome a bridge deal at this point. Hopefully by the time it comes around, my my contract expires, the salary cap's gone up. I've proven that I am a 40-goal scorer in this league, and that next payday is going to be a big one. But I also don't believe that I should be underpaid right now because I am a 40-goal scorer. The hardest thing in the world to do in this game is score goals. And the Dallas Stars, if Jason Robertson does not get under contract, they are going to hurt at the beginning of the year. What do you think his value is as a 42-goal scorer? Because a bunch of guys scored more goals than yeah, that last that's, year. Yeah, that's a, that's a tricky one because the Tage Thompson contract has kind of screwed up where fair value is likely for a Jason Robertson. I, I think you're in the ballpark of $7.5, $8 million I, on, a, on a two- or three-year deal. Yeah, they don't want to go that. I, I think that that's fair. For the player, I, I do. But you know, if we're if we're talking about seven seven million dollars for a guy that's that valuable to that organization, the best goal scorer that that, that organization has, hands down. I you got to find a way to get it done. Those are news and notes. So one timers on Fox Sports Las Vegas for this Monday, September on Fox Sports Las Vegas. <laughs> When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Oh, Christopher. Hi, Darren. So I am a bit of a, of a I don't want to say science geek because that's not really right, but I've always been fascinated by astronomy. And I saw the, the, the news today with NASA crashing that probe into an asteroid, which they say was a success. But there's another thing tonight you are uh, out and about, you will be able to see Jupiter. It's the closest it's been to the Earth since 1963, and it will not be closer than it is tonight until 21.9. So, unfortunately, we won't be here when that happens. But they're, for yourself. they're saying that it's going to be, it will be the brightest object in the night sky. And if you have a good pair of binoculars, you might even be able to see some of the rings. Yes, Jupiter does have rings. You might be able to see some of those and maybe even some of the moons. So that's kind of cool. Didn't know it had rings. I thought it was just the gas. No, no. It ha well, it has like uh, an, an asteroid belt. Not as not as defined as Saturn's, but it's it's still pretty cool. It, yeah. So uh, if you're out and about tonight, they're saying about 8, 8.30ish apparently is when it will be at its peak. I'll be a little busy. Yeah, yeah. You might be, and I Me will too. be as well. But, uh, you know, if you're leaving the game, you might be able to, to catch a good glimpse of it. Why would we be leaving the game at 8.30? Well, no, when the game is over. I mean, it's not just going to go away. It's going to be in the sky all night. Oh. But they're saying that that Let's is Let's get the... back to the asteroid thing. Yeah, that was really cool. Did you see So the... they successfully crashed something. Yes. <laughs> but the, the, the stream, now, the, vi I could, the video... Now, was... I could get a job at NASA. Yeah, you're good at that, right? Good point. <laughs> I could crash something. Do we want to go there? anything okay the, the stream was kind of disappointing because i was anticipating like there being an explosion 
No, it didn't really look like that. It, it just kind of went red. So what happened to the asteroid or meteorite? Uh, I, I'm assuming. Did it change I, its course? I don't know. I haven't been able to watch television. So uh, I just saw it like flash across that because we don't have volume on the TV here. So it just flashed across. They say it was successful, but I don't know what they did. So It successfully crashed, but wasn't the idea that to thing knock to it change off course? the course? Yeah. What I worry about is what if they, they screwed with like the, the 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 physics of it and they actually put it on course to crash into Earth? Like wouldn't that be like the like a horror movie type of sequence? Like, yeah, we, we, we picked this one because it wasn't gonna hit the planet Earth, but when we did hit it, the trajectory changed I, and now it's gonna hit Earth. Don't you think NASA would have made those calculations ahead of time? I, I don't know. I, I mean you would hope. There's always like Unintended consequences. Yeah, no, you're, I, you're, I, messing, I agree you're messing with, you. with with like that was going to be my question. Was this was this an asteroid that was in what, that trajectory was coming toward Earth, or was no. this just like an arbitrary? Hey, let's see if we can do this. It was an arbitrary. Hey, let's see if we could do this in case we need to do it in the future. But if it takes a left turn I, at did Albuquerque, they, did they did they not watch Armageddon? You I know. know you can do this. Uh, yeah. Well, Bruce Willis and. Uh, was it Tommy Lee Jones in that as well? I don't know, buddy. Liv Tyler. Liv Tyler was in it, that. It was just, name some it more. Was, name some more. Name some more. I got a couple more. Uh, it, it was just for a reference. That was all. There's okay, no, Tommy. Tommy Lee Jones, Bruce Willis, Liv Tyler. Yes. Aerosmith had a song, right? Yeah. Don't yeah. want to miss a thing. Well, Liv Tyler. How about Steve Buscemi? Oh, oh I like Steve Buscemi. Is. Yeah. There we are. And this is all by memory, folks. Uh, Jennifer. Garner just married him. Ben Affleck. Yes, he was in it. Yeah. Oh, he was that's Tyler's right. Love interest. Yeah. Well, now he's married to J Lo. Is that like your favorite? Oh, J Lo. Yes. Good. That was Jen. Oh, he was. He split from Jennifer Garner. Yes. I do like that movie. I think we just discovered something about yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm a wow. big fan of, uh, of 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 that movie. Hey, we got the Golden Knights against the L.A. Kings at T-Mobile Arena. People are filing in right now. Preseason game number one at the home barn. Preseason game number two overall. The pregame show with Ryan Wallace is coming up right now on Fox Sports Las Vegas.